Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode five. Unbelievable. Five. Episode five, five of season five of the Family Road Trip Podcast. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our wonderful sojourners, the Elmores and the Beaties. Awesome, amazing, heroic couples that are so inspiring and continue to blow us away um, just with what they have to share and how they share it. And we just love you guys and thanks for being with us. So to help us dive right into this, we've got a very moving motivational clip that comes right from the inner sanctum of the Elmore household. So join us right now. By the way, you're listening to us over radio, but you can also see the visuals. Not necessary. We'll talk you through it, but they are fun at ilovemyfamily.us and you'll see the link to Family Road Trip Podcast or ilovemyfamily.us forward slash road trip. And we're now going to show the diving in image. Here we go. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. We have made the leap. We've made no the jump. Malachi. By the way, is there anything to share about that clip in particular, Elmore's? Do you need to give us any context? Yeah. I think that was Christmas morning. We got him a big beanbag chair. It's for the boys to jump on some furniture. We got him their own piece of furniture to jump on. <laughs> so <laughs> great. This got into awesome. it, and his feet weren't leaving the ground at all. <laughs> no air at all. Wonderful. Yeah. So, folks, we've been doing this now. It's our fifth season of having couples united in a commitment to seven weeks of gathering on a weekly basis to talk and pray, a special time of talking and praying, a fun time of talking and praying based upon subsequent Sunday readings. We provide a live it gathering guide that makes it sacred. It makes it an occasion of more deeply encountering God alive in us and in those in our family. And you know, the buzzword, the buzz question that we find in a lot of business and athletic and academic success is simply asking, what's the why? What's the why behind we do what we do? And to kind of set that stage, I think, I'm going to read, take time, Steph and I will alternate paragraphs, short little, well, short-ish, little um, <laughs> you prophecy from Father Michael Scanlon that he delivered in 1976. Read the book, Let the Fire Fall. I think it will move you. His backstory of how he came to accept Christ in the fullness of the faith and from Harvard Law School into becoming a priest and that calling in his life and then being tapped to lead the Franciscan University of Steubenville. So here's a guy who's very attuned to the heart of God. So I wanna state um, for Catholics or non-Catholics, there's public revelation, which is what Christ reveals that we're obliged to believe in. That would be the scripture, the magisterium, the catechism. Then there's this thing called private revelation, which has to square, if you will, with public revelation. But private revelation, all of us, because we have souls, should be attuned to what is God saying to us? How is he speaking to us? So we're now going to proclaim for you his word, what God, the Holy Spirit, put on his heart again in 1976. And think about this in terms of what's been playing out in the past weeks and months of our experience here. So I'm going to begin. This is all from Father Michael, 1976. Son of man, do you see that city going bankrupt? Are you willing to see all your cities going bankrupt? Are you willing to see the bankruptcy of the whole economic system you rely on now so that all money is worthless and cannot support you? 
Son of man, do you see the crime and lawlessness in your city streets and towns and institutions? Are you willing to see no law, no order, no protection for you except that which I myself will give you? Son of man, do you see the country which you love and which you are now celebrating? A country's history that you look back on with nostalgia? Are you willing to see no country? No country to call your own except those I give you as my body? Will you let me bring you life in my body and only there? Son of man, do you see those churches which you can go to so easily now? Are you ready to see them with bars across their Mm. doors, with doors nailed shut? Are you ready to base your life only on me and not on any particular structure? Are you ready to depend only on me and not on all the institutions of schools and parishes Mm. that you are working so hard to foster? Son of man, I call you to be ready for that. This is what I am telling you about. The structures are falling and changing. It is not for you to know the details now, but do not rely on them as you have been. I want you to make a deeper commitment to one another. I want you to trust one another, to build an interdependence that is based on my spirit. It is an interdependence that is no luxury. It is an absolute necessity for those who will base their lives on me and not the structures from a pagan world. I have spoken and it will take place. My word will go forth to my people. They may hear and they may not, and I will respond accordingly, but this is my word. Last paragraph. Look about you, son of man, when you see it all shut down, when you see everything removed which has been taken for granted. And when you are prepared to live without these things, then you will know what I am making ready. So I love to receive wisdom and guidance from the innumerable people, more wise, prayerful, smart than me. And two of them, Peter Herbeck and Ralph Martin, have taken up this prophecy in the last two months and showcased it. Not just address it, but they've sent out emails about it. They've done their own little video commentaries on this. So it's a word that I put in front of us, you are wonderful listeners, on this journey together to be mindful that at the heart of this is an invitation for us to do it anyways. What is that? Radically rely on Christ. It's easy even now. We have air conditioning on on a hot day. We have food in the refrigerator. We've got church that we went to and can go to on a daily basis right now. All of these things that he's speaking of, we see a chink in the armor, don't we? Do we see some concerns and challenges that he speaks of that are already kind of coming to play? And to me anyways, and I want to ask you, our wonderful guests, your thoughts on this. But for me anyways, it's, it's sort of that invitation, that pressing, Greg, do you believe in your heart of hearts, are you anchored in your heart of hearts on me? Or to what extent maybe is my faith diminished by having the comfort around me? Because I want to be there. I want to be connected with all of you in the heart of Christ. What are your thoughts as I read that? Someone a while ago gave us a book of the domestic church and it's a Catholic book and it's prayers on birthdays and fathers. I mean, Mm -hmm. anything you can imagine, there's a prayer for your domestic church and kind of hearing what he said, like, Mm -hmm. are you ready? You know, are you ready for this? Like, our domestic church at home, I mean, you've seen it, you've been to my house, but I mean, we made our home into a chapel during this time mm-hmm. and, and we felt it that we needed that. Right. I think you could, I think a lot of people were amplified during this time. Like, are you ready to take that role on right. or are you dependent on these, right. you know, churches and 
That's great. That was that was wonderful to listen to. Mm. Thank, you. Thank you. Thoughts, meaties? I'm curious what uh, what God is preparing us for. You know, mm. what, uh, at the very end, He's talking about you know I'm tearing these things down so that you're ready for what's to come. Mm. And yeah, it makes me wonder what's what that means. Mm-hmm. What I what I kept hearing at the at the end was um and it was has been said to us many times and even recently uh but just hearing our lady of fatima's words mm. in the end my immaculate heart will triumph mm. so like we know that christ has the victory right anyway and who knows what lies ahead of us and we know we're being called always but also i just love the consolation of a mother and those words mm. just ring so true and so powerfully like she has promised in the end, regardless of anything, not only does Christ have that victory, but uses his mother's heart to proclaim it in a very unique and special, powerful way. So just to punctuate, as we dive in tonight, our fifth episode of the fifth season of the Family Road Trip podcast, the word that struck me is the thing we can do. Most of that we are powerless over. Jesus is Lord. He's over the shape of things around us. And most of the things we read about we're powerless over. But there's nothing more powerful around us that surpasses what he wants to do within and through us. And that's in our marriages and families, that word interdependence. The invitation for all of us to go deeper in our marriages, to go deeper in our families, to create cultures of encounter, of being anchored more fully and deeply in who we are as little Christs, if you will, by virtue of baptism, to participate in the life of Christ, to ask the questions, hey, are we ready? You know, if Christ were to come back today, not just some future day when these things may or may not happen, is our conviction and resolve that of Cornelius the Centurion from the readings last week, who was the pagan, who represented the, you know, the secular systems that they derided, that they hated. But Jesus said about him, none are more faithful than this one who came to him and trusted him that he had the power and authority over heaven and earth. So that's the kind of faith I think God wants us to have and he provides for it in our marriages and families. All right, so with no further ado, we are going to go to the lightning round, which is what? If you go to massimpact.us, or I love my family, if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, you can click your way through to the family gathering guide, and it begins with fun questions, the likes of which we're going to do right now. So there are about 50 questions there. We're going to ask Dr. Jeff Elmore to pick the first question, and you have like 15 seconds to answer it, and we'll go through. So Jeff, throw it at us. Give me a number, one to 50. 43. What do you hope family and friends say about you when you're gone? Mm. I would hope that they said she smiled all the time and that she radiated her light and she gave the best hugs. Yay. You're well on your way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff. I would hope that they say that I was a peaceful person. Um, But I also spoke truth when that was and not just keeping peace to like, oh, you're okay and accept everyone's beliefs, but but be peaceful, but also truthful. It's a great combo and you are on your way. Now you feel the pressure (laughs) since I set it up that way with you beaties, but I know whatever you say, I'm going to say that, but I'm saying it in advance because you're godly (laughs) people. So go ahead, Rachel Beatty. One thing you'd like people to say about you around your coffin. I would like them to say that they felt understood. Mm. That's a beautiful Mm. one. I like that. You are and have always been extraordinarily good at that. So 
Thank you. Well, for... I don't understand a lot. So it takes <laughs> some work and discussion for me to actually understand. But I hope that at the end of the day, they feel a little bit more understood. Wow. Isn't that the thing, though, just to decide to want to, just to say, right, I really want to get out of my own conceptions and just understand where this person is coming from. So it's a great mm -hmm. gift and invitation, I think, to all of us, particularly in our families, to seek to understand even Stephen Covey's book, right? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. How many of us AKA fail at that? And you do that extremely mm -hmm. well. So thank you. Felipe. I laughed at that question because of our discussion last week about what was our pet peeve. Oh. And so I was, you know, I brought up wanting a path, you know, where the book bags and the shoes are out of my way. And on, our, on my epitaph, epitaph, it's going to say, here lies Philip J. Beattie. All he wanted was a path. So, but uh, to answer your question, um, I want to be known as a uh, faithful. And um, uh, I think that's it. Um, faithful and... Yeah, dependable, you know? It's great. You're an awesome brother-in-law, and you do exude that quality. Every time I speak with you, whether it's business-related, faith-related, it's always woven into it, and I'm a better man for my connection with you. So I'm very grateful for you and that. Um, Thanks. Wonderful. Phil, give us a number, 1 to 50. 34. Mm -mm 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 -mm. What I really look for in a friend is... Sincere interest, mm -hmm. like not those rote answers, like "How you doing?" and then they don't listen, mm. or something like that. But just like a sincere desire to want to know more about me. Great, Phil. Faithful Phil. Uh, yes, uh, I guess sincerity. I guess honesty. Um, That's why we're married. I. <laughs> <laughs> I I've learned a lot from um, other guys in our church or circles that have families, have children, and you know, and going through uh, going through the stages of life that I've been encountering, and um, and where I can learn from them, um, I've gained a lot from that. So, cool, awesome, I like it. The beautiful. I said awesome. Okay. I know. We're going to continue <laughs> this from last week. Sorry, no. go back and listen to a very fun episode from last week. You can listen Thanks to it. Are. Awesome is woven through it in great affection from my mom who I love dearly and challenged me not to use the word awesome a lot, but she's an awesome mom. So we just a little bit, you're going to hear a lot of awesome. Now we move to amateurs. the awesome Rachel Elmore. I think I want from a friend to know all my sides, mm. not think they know me, mm. but know all of me and, and love it. Beautiful. And correct me when I need to be corrected. Mm. I like that. Those are great that. answers. Mm -hmm. Um, I can have a conversation with anybody about anything. So I go with like Phil's that had a great answer, just people with experience. Mm, I love true. leaving a conversation with somebody and saying, wow, that person was a little different. Mm. Like, I, I just love it. Whether it's a good thing or a quirky thing, I just, I just <laughs> love talking to different people with different viewpoints and just getting different experiences. Steph, you got to throw it out there also. What do you look for for a friend, a good friend? Besides my husband. Oh, thanks. Very deficient husband. Um, yeah. Gosh, um, can I combine all of those answers? Sure, you absolutely can. Uh, how about if you go first? Okay, so then I'll go. based upon the wisdom that you've all provided, two things. One, that I can feel thoroughly who God made me to be, comfortable in who I am. And secondly, become more of that. Become all the more of who God made me to be. 
the enhanced version 2.0 of Greg. And you guys wow. all accomplished that. Thank you. Especially. Okay, but you just kind of took that, that second part was where I landed, but that's okay. What I love about friendship is it doesn't matter what we look for. Mm. I feel like when the Lord ordains it and blesses it, it's exactly what he desires us to have. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been blessed. I've been blessed with that. Folks, very blessed you're along the road trip with us here. Eight o'clock every Tuesday, three o'clock on Saturday. You can see the other episodes two at o'clock. I Love Two O'clock. Thank you. O'clock. That makes you a good friend. Yeah. I love my family. <laughs> dot, Speaking the truth. Good correction. Love. Yes. <laughs> I love my family. US. Great past episodes. There's a visual version there and also audio version. And again, we're just trying to keep it real, trying to more fully encounter God alive in our homes. And a tool to do that is this Live It Gathering Guide. We just asked fun questions that you can find in that gathering guide. So with that, we're now going to turn to our daily questions, which are what? There are five questions that you can find at ilovemyfamily.us, the gathering guide that are great to talk about every day with your spouse and children. Things like a victory and a challenge and something you're grateful for and something meaningful. But I'm just going to pose it this time in a question with two blanks. We're going to make it fun. You had some doubt or frustration or discord with what? Blank. But grace came pouring in when blank. Let's begin with the Beaties. Well, uh, when my youngest, who is now two and a half, was two months old, this is Blaze, um, my best friend, Suzanne, had breast cancer mm. and she had to have a double mastectomy. Mm. And I couldn't be that much there for her because I had a newborn mm. baby. And I clearly remember. One morning I woke up and like my morning prayer was, Lord, I'm not sure I really want this prayer answered, but I want to enter into this suffering with Suzanne if mm-hmm. it's your will. Mm, beautiful. And so within an hour, I started to have a lot of breast pain. Mm. And within two hours, I had doubly and I had a fever. Wow. And I'm telling you, I was like, I must have a flu because Everything I've read about mast I, I looked up mastitis, but I thought, okay, everything I read about it said that it's a it's a recurring thing. So like if you've had it before, you're inclined mm. to have it again. I never ever had mastitis before with mm. all of my six previous babies. Mm-hmm. And my best friend who had a mastectomy was in pain. Mm. And I got when I asked mm. the Lord to, to give me some suffering to share with Suzanne, he gave me that. He gave me ma- mastitis. Like boom, like within hours it came on. And then I didn't even believe it. So I waited 24 hours. I went into the doctor and sure enough, that's exactly what it was. Mm. And I, of course, mine resolved quickly and she's doing really great now. Praise the Lord. Mm. But that, the doubt that I had, I didn't really address that. But like sometimes, even on occasion, I still wonder this, but this is a big answer to me. I would wonder, like, does the Lord listen to every little intercession? Like, Mm. is he listening to every little prayer or every little um, struggle that we have? And that was like, just almost Mm. like a miracle in a reverse form, like Mm. where I wasn't asking him to heal me of something, Mm. but like that very grace that he asked of me has made me so much more believing that like he's listening to all of these little desires of our heart and wanting to like, move in our lives and the lives of the people that we love when we bring that to him. 
Wow. Let me pause so you a second because the story you shared is absolutely beautiful. And for those who are listening or watching us, that passage from Paul, we make up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, mm-hmm. understood in this way. There's nothing lacking in the suffering of Christ. But if we go back to the very beginning, we see biblically, we see in our church history, God invites us in Jesus to share in his redemptive act. He invites us to participate in a particular way. And what a beautiful thing that you really gave an example here of, Mm -hmm. Rachel, um, that we see throughout the history of victim souls. And I think it is a special grace, a special grace to want to pray and to desire to do that and to know what happens in that suffering while we see in the mass, this is my body broken. Blessing comes by way of brokenness and our hearts They're forged in a union with Christ in that. So all of you who are listening and heard Rachel's story, um, who is suffering right now in our lives? It's worthy for us to maybe think about who are people. We pray for them, that's wonderful. But is it of that depth to say, Lord, if it's your will, let me have a share in that person's suffering for the purpose of greater intimacy, for greater healing, for greater sense of connection. I have to ask you, when you shared that with her, how did she respond? That, she, that this experience I, happened to you? I think that she had some tears and she expressed gratitude. And to me, it was like just gratitude to the Lord for just mm-hmm. allowing me to be that close to her mm-hmm. in that moment. You know, I think it was just that moment of like, we have each other's backs, we're united and um, we were both so blessed by it. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Phil. Not an overall some moment, but just the fact that you're able to, I was able to uh, take care of a lot of deadlines or keep things running at work as an answer to prayer. Um, so that's big. I like the, the, if you will, ordinariness mm-hmm. of it, that yeah. you see it and proclaim it as you did just now is in the heart of God and all the ordinary things we do ought to be occasions of lifting him up in grace. So thanks so much for and sharing. He desires that. to be there, which is a blessing in and of itself. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Phil. Elmore's, whichever Dear one wants to go first. Sure, I will. Um, so this week I had a, a huge fall with one of my sons. Um, I had to move our car before the babysitter got there so I could go to work and Jeff was already seeing patients. So I took my 20 month old cause he loves the car and I didn't want him to cry that I was leaving all of them. So I was like, well, I'll just put him in the passenger seat. And I literally had to move the car 10 feet Well, the other two, once I parked, ran out and opened the passenger door and out came my 20-month-old. And I came around the corner and I go, he was just laying on the floor. He wasn't even crying. And my oldest was like, it was an accident. It was an accident. I was like, what's an accident? Like, I didn't even know. He's like, he fell on his face. So I swooped him up and you can see his face there. It was just so bloody. So I run inside and, um, and my oldest just couldn't let it go. Like, it was an accident, it was an accident. And I was not so kind. And I said, you need to get out of the kitchen mm-hmm. because I had a balance being a doctor, being a mom, trying to be holy in this kind of moment. <laughs> and then my second was like, well, I can stay in the kitchen, right? I can still stay. And I said, you need to get out too. <laughs> For right now. So they went themselves in a timeout <laughs> while I'm tending to this um, little guys wounds but mm. I think I that was such a challenge for me to balance so many roles in such mm. a hectic time mm. but where the grace came in was at night we actually did the live it and I got to share my heart with them and say you know mm. what in a moment like that 
mom has to tend to him. So I might be snappy, but I love you so much, but I have to care for him. And just, and I mean, if you're a mama boys, it's like such a blessing. They're like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. I don't even remember what you're talking about. (laughs) But for me to like open my heart to them to kind of revisit it, but tie it all together. Oh, you're just like, oh, okay, it gets done. Like we all love each other still, so. That's beautiful. So and he, I go ahead, Steph. I love that they put themselves in time time out. Oh, <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm glad he had his namesake event because come on, Rocky, anybody who is familiar with this series, Sylvester Stallone, this is yeah. the young rock man who's taken the hits and he's coming back strong. And Look you know what? This is the first fall. He's got two more to go in his lifetime. So this is the first one, and then he's gonna hear return and strengthen my brethren. Maybe I'm looking too much into this, but you know, of course, for those who are listening. Listeners, Rocky's name is Peter, and they refer to him as Rocky because Petra means the Greek, but I like the Kepha, corner foundational stone rock. rock, which is the, of course, the very first pope. So he's getting toughened up to be the pope or to be a pope-like presence to the world. So man, this is what it looks like. It's suffering, it's difficulty, it's challenge. And you as the mom are forming him for that. So what about, is the video connected to this in some way? Or is that a Jeff thing? Um, It's just him two days later healing up and just loving uh, ice cream. And so it just shows you like in the moment for me, I'm like devastated, but then to see his love of this ice cream. Just loving life. And as a mom, just to see him heal up and be happy, it just melts my heart. Like the ice cream. That's awesome. Good little guy. It's like those of you who've seen What About Bob during the dinner scene. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, look at that joy, though. Yeah, exactly. Ice cream is a miracle food. Wait, keep it going. Oh, He's yeah, still you so happy. Pointed you. Beat first that, Jeff. Call. Beat it. Yeah, I want to first comment on Rachel Beatty's because what a, a powerful thing offering up that suffering um, because that actually affected blaze as well nursing because um going through that process with mastitis he actually took part in that suffering too and what an amazing thing mm-hmm. you know um, for mom to, yeah. to go through that um and then also a child so that was amazing that's um, true. beautiful this this past week one of the challenges i had was i i get together every year with my college friends and we go to indiana and we rent the gym from the movie hoosiers and we play basketball for a few hours and then we go play golf and then we go bowling and then we eat bacon in the morning and we have a competition <laughs> everywhere we go. But before I went, I was in a, I was in a pretty big rut, just the heaviness of the world right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I just really felt guilty leaving um, Rachel with all the heaviness and taking care of the kids and all of that. And it's just a yearly tradition. And you know, I finally kind of said, okay, I, I just need to go. I just need to get away for a little bit. And our road trip, uh, it's about a three hour drive for us. And in the road trip, I got to listen to some podcasts and listen to some uplifting music and just kind of like disconnect from everything. And then hang out with some guys where all we talked about was sports and old college memories and things like that. And to get rid of the heaviness. And again, while I'm there, I still just can't relax completely because I know what Rachel's going through at home. Um, But coming back in the car, I just super recharge and super just refreshed. And to come home and get some uh, a message from uh, uh, get a text message that was just a little off-putting. I could be there for Rachel and help her 
where before I was pretty beaten down and I, I probably would have just given up. But um, coming back recharged and being able to like support the family, um, I, I, I just really felt great with that. That's awesome. The Lord provides in those moments before we even know that they're needed, you know, yes. what that reason is for. He's so faithful. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Folks, there you have it. Just a good question for our wonderful sojourners and you guys. Turn to the person to your left or right, or wherever they may be, your family uh, member, and just share with them what's maybe an experience this past week that was a source of challenge or difficulty through which grace flowed. Now the moment where you guys get to share, how did week number five go of doing the Live It Gathering Guide in your home? Let's begin with the Elmores this time. Sure. So we've been playing around. We did the three nights, um, each night focused on a, a reading, and then we've done the one night long thing. Um, what we found kind of our sweet spot is two nights. Mm -hmm. So we focus on the first two readings one night, we'll focus on the gospel the other night. And I think that that's probably been the sweet spot for our family. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. Um, just a beautiful story from this week. Um, you know, we always start when we do the readings, okay, we're gonna ask you about these readings, what struck you? And um, that, that always helps us. But there was one word, I'm not sure, I think it was the second reading, um, Isaac said, cross, cross struck me. <laughs> they pick out one word. Right, so, right. Um, watching from afar, this was between Jeff and Isaac, it was so beautiful. I, um, Jeff actually was so vulnerable and shared what his cross was mm. to the whole family. And I was like, oh, let's see if they kind of get this. You know, I'm just watching. And mm. so Jeff says, Isaac, what do you think your cross is? And he said, oh, I, I think way too much. I think way too much. Aww. And he turned it into like a kid, like, and then I have this imagination. And like, <laughs> but I have to tell you, wow. he is spot on. If I could tell you what a six-year-old crosses, mm. he thinks way too much where I have to like shimmy out his shoulders a little bit and say, just be a kid, buddy. Don't worry about that. But he worries about everything and cares so much. But mm. I go, wow, he at six years old knows his cross. Wow. And that mm. we get to talk about that. Like, I don't even think I talked about it till college when someone, you know, mentioned it to me. And I don't know, just to have that beauty mm. in our family so right. early on for them. Right. Um, Very thoughtful. That's awesome. So beautiful. How'd it go for you guys, Beaties? I, I'm laughing because of the gospel about the, the part about if, if you give a drink of cold water to the least of my disciples, you know, it's given unto me because that morning I just fixed the uh, water dispenser in our sink or in our, <laughs> excuse me, our fridge and so so the little kids could get some some water rather than having to climb the, on the stool and get to the sink. <laughs> Were you so, all puffed up? That Phil? is great. So that struck me. Yeah. <laughs> Check that one off. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. They were thinking about the reading. Um, I'm trying to remember it. We we are, I think that people were a little, even even taking us up further into more um, legit apologies for real things mm -hmm. rather than, I'm sorry you were mad when I took your toy. Right. But like, <laughs> I, I, I took your toy. We got, we got a little bit closer to the mark. Um, <laughs> even Blaze, our two-year-old, he was like, I'm sorry, mama, hit uh -huh. you. I think, cause he had been like, 
this and that was cute and then one of the kids was gracious enough to remind him that he also kept the family awake by crying in the night and <laughs> you're also sorry blaze for crying at night and keeping everyone awake right and i'm sorry <laughs> so that was a nice one that's priceless having to sit down as a family and discuss you know these questions and then um you know it's kind of uh in a way sometimes it's forced for some of the kids to have to mm -hmm. sit there um but it made the opportunity and i think it um later on in the day that that day that we did the livid guide uh after the younger kids were in bed the older teenagers and rachel and i uh we hung out together for the mm -hmm. first time in quite a while mm -hmm. and I, I was just thinking maybe that's the time where we've you know answering the fun questions or had the, the deeper discussion about the gospel and Mm -hmm. etc sharing together and apologizing all that it, it made it it was a conduit for a time later where we you know um mm -hmm. more naturally met together and, and played cards outside mm -hmm. of the patio it was a it was a beautiful evening that that's um, beautiful that was more conducive after you know having this time together and doing the living guide together phil thanks so, so much for sharing that and you're yeah. you're resonating with what others with a wide span of children have shared that it is kind of tough to find the common denominator when you have a span of kids and reaching them in certain levels. And so what you just shared of connecting in a meaningful way for those who are older, more able to interact with, just I think it's a great witness that you're giving and encouragement to all of us to really seize the opportunities with kids at their developmental level, but certainly those older ones to open those doors to the, that kind of conversation. Well, and I, I love mm. the just that image of almost tilling the ground relationally to let the naturalness come to connect more deeply in a casual way, <laughs> if that makes sense. And that's what yeah. family's about. Yeah. That's beautiful. Praise God for that grace. Wonderful. So again, folks, they're sharing with us how this past week went as a couple and bringing their family together for a meaningful, dedicated time of talking and praying using this Live It Gathering guide. Now I want to ask you guys a question, and we'll begin with the Beaties this time. Share a specific story that illustrates how your spouse has been the presence of Jesus Christ to you. So I had been up just nights in a row as moms can, being mm. the one to tend to the children. And Philip, without my knowing it, he, in the like wee small hours of the morning, anticipating that the little ones were going to come into the room and they were going to like wake me up, he laid outside the door of my room mm. on the in the hallway. He like shut the door and he like barricaded himself <laughs> on the oh. ground. Now it was too early for him to get up yet, but he just like mm. knew that this was a good time for him to just lay there and get any of the kids like be the first responder. Um, so he I was, was I was protecting our bedroom from the little kids who would come in and wake up Rachel basically. Yeah, you were so. a good barricade. <laughs> Barricade yeah. Phil. Which was so Christ-like because I think just sometimes we, I guess I didn't even, I didn't ask him for this, but he just mm -hmm. anticipated that I was exhausted and he took that onto himself and he was the good shepherd and he was dealing with the sheep. And then do you remember what Anya said? No. Okay, so our Anya's, she well, was one of the first ones to wake up and she kind of shuffles down the hallway. Philip told me this later and she looked down at him and she says, I have days like that too sometimes. Dad. <laughs> and then she just went on downstairs. <laughs> Cute little lady. 
Aww. Wonderful. That's great. Phil. Rachel is a persona of Christ in that her nonstop generosity and, mm. and sacrifices that she does on a daily basis that um, for having all the children and, and caring for them and anticipating their needs. And speaking of not getting sleep at night, we'll hear somebody making noise at night. You know, we have a toddler yet. So, um, so I'll, I'll be half asleep and I'll ask her, do you want me to get them? And before I finish my sentence, <laughs> she's out of the room already and I'm still trying to wake up. So just, yeah, her sacrificial mm. um, giving of herself. And that's just a small example, but you know, uh, making this, this house a real home mm. and uh, being a loving mom and, and the wife. So it's, um, yeah, she's very generous. Thanks. Here, here. Here, here is right. Thank you. Elmore's, how do you see Christ in each other? I see Jesus and Jeff daily um, because he knows my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, from the book of Acts, I just want to read, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I've struggled with... Um, I guess image issues, weight issues, and I think it stems from third grade. I was pretty overweight. And when I met Jeff, I was 30 pounds heavier. And he wouldn't notice if I lost five pounds or 10 pounds. Mm. Or, um, mm. I could spend an hour getting ready or five minutes getting ready. And, and it's not a guy thing. Like, he just knows me. Mm. And um, just like a quick example, we were at church just a few weeks ago and I could feel like the kids were tugging at my hair. And I was like, is something like look okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah that looks okay. And I got in the car and it was like, <laughs> like this mangled poof. And I, was like, oh. and I wasn't even upset because you know what? He loves me so, mm. so much. He could care. He just doesn't care in, a, in the most beautiful way. He's just, he's meant for me. God just... Mm him to me and i'm just so thankful so when you star in a movie one day do not pick him as your makeup guy (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful thanks for sharing that rachel beautiful jeffrey uh you know there wasn't this aha moment where like oh there's jesus with like the light (laughs) shining and angels singing but one of the things that i I see most christ-like in rachel is and we talked about this in some of the previous road show um, road trips is that she wants a relationship mm-hmm. she wants a relationship with god she wants a relationship with us she wants us to come in a relationship with him mm-hmm. and as a protestant growing up my overall view of catholicism was very ritual based based mm-hmm. and no relationship based and rachel was one of the first catholics that i met that just took that to heart and, and focused on that relationship. And so that's one thing I see with Rachel is just her desire for the depthness of relationship with God and with our family, getting our family in a relationship with God. That's one of the things that I see the most, um, most Christ-like in her. Absolutely beautiful. In the interest of time, Steph and I will not do ours, but in past episodes, you can see we uh, are deep regard for each other. But you guys, um, both with us, our road trip co-hosts, and all of you who are on this journey with us, listening or watching right now at ilovemyfamily.us, I encourage you to foray past your resistance to telling your spouse the ways in which you see Christ alive in him or her. Can I share with you how I see Christ alive in you? I challenge you to do that and see the difference that it will make. 
I think it'd be a powerful thing. I'm just going to just throw something out real quick that I feel very much on my heart. Um, with many of our episodes of Ignite Radio Lives, we would often throw out the scripture verse from Revelation 12:11. Mm. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the Holy Mass that we're so blessed with, and the word of their testimony. And I think we don't give enough um, thought or credit or acknowledgement to the power of words. Mm. And so we hear the word testimony and we think this big conversion story and we need to focus more on that word testimony and what just happened here. Mm. You know, that mm. affirmation of each other, that um, sharing something we're struggling with, sharing a victory that the Lord, a glory story, you know, has brought to us. And it's in those little moments, and especially when we're able to share those with our children and be an example of that, both as a married couple and to them directly, there is such power in defeating the enemy. And boy, does the world need to see that right now. So thank you for sharing those beautiful words of your testimony in your marriages, in your family, and um, just grace is pouring forth. So praise the Lord. So, folks, we did something new, among other things, uh, with this road trip season five, number one. We have a visual version that has images woven in there, and you can see us talking. Of course, it's not necessary if you hear us on the radio right now or podcast. But another thing is we've wanted to take up distinct, challenging, edgy questions that are maybe at, at the heart of marriage and family life, the challenging things, because none of us are there. None of us have accomplished or arrived. In fact, if anything, we want to create a platform where we can talk about these things so that we have our eyes fixed on the finish, as Paul says, that we're receiving the grace, hopefully, but that we're creating a platform where we can talk maybe without defensiveness or judgment or condemnation, but to raise the appropriate time, the appropriate place, some of the key things that will help us get closer to one another. Literally, the word communication is a great word. Literally means come with unication, union, with union. We see the same thing in community, with unity. That's the goal and definition of communication. Is it bringing us together? So in the last episodes, we've dealt with things such as marital communication. We've dealt with child discipline. And tonight, we're going to address and open the door to a little conversation on a subject of making that come alive. And that is the necessity of dating your spouse. And uh, to set all that up, I'm going to show this video clip that has absolutely nothing to do with dating your spouse. But because it's funny, I want to show this. We're going to go back to our buddy, Tim Hawkins. I was reading this thing in the news several months ago, and it was, uh, this is a news story talking about the existence of atheist megachurches. I mean, what do you do there? Do you sing worship songs at an atheist church? What do you say? Like, shout to the void, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to nothing. What do you say to <laughs> Man, do they have children's church at the atheist megachurch? <laughs> what songs do you sing to kids at an atheist church? Like, no one loves the little children, all the children of the world. No one hears you when you cry, no one hears your lullaby. No one loves the little children of the world. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. A row, row, row your boat gently down the reef. Wallowing, 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 wallowing in your unbelief. Let's do the rounds. Remember the rounds? <laughs> I'll, no, you don't want to do that. 
Let's try a new one. Evolution, this I know. For Charles Darwin told me so Accidentally alive If you're weak, you won't survive <laughs> That's the logic, right? That's what they're saying I am an A I am an A-T I am an A-T-H-E-I-S-T -E And I have N-O-T-H-I-N-G To give me hope and certainty And when I D-I-E I will be A-L-O-N-E Hey! <laughs> there you have it. Very touching, very emotional moment here on Family Road Trip Podcast. Uh, Tim Hawkins doing again, bringing again real-life observational humor to our uh, all of us, I guess. But I will say, as we're wanting to set this up of date your spouse, that let's just start right out of the gates. The gift that we have in a belief that this marriage is something to do with God. It is an image of the Trinity. It participates in the life of the Trinity. God wants us to tap that joy and delight of our nature and to celebrate that regularly, without which the songs that he sang about really may be um, what we look like a lot of the We may have what Pope Benedict calls practical atheism, that we go to Mass, we pray our rosaries, but where's the delight that proclaims the kingdom alive in our hearts? So I'm going to raise my hand and say, other hands you can see it, ring, see. I want to raise my hand and say, it is so important for us to renew the kingdom alive in our hearts, in the hierarchy, God first, spouse second. Make that time to renew it and, and to rejuvenate it. So thoughts from you, our wonderful road trippers on dating your spouse. I think it's good. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a great benefit to be able to uh, catch up again and, and uh, understand to when you're caught up from the day-to-day the -day business of running a household um, to remember who uh, you are attracted to and marriage and who the person is that you're living with and uh, to be able to go deeper in and uh, understand, you know, the issues that Rachel's uh, experiencing now or what's on her heart. And Phil, let me press you. How do you and Rachel, what are examples of some BD dates? It's usually they're pretty brief. Um, our kids are not totally independent yet, so we all don't go too far from home. But um, yeah, it's a dinner out and uh, coming back by eight o'clock or so. Um, uh, Do you take we, her on uh, a few spins around the roundabout? Very fast, <laughs> with the G-forces pulling on you as you go around the corner? If, if we're running late, yes. We do go, we do like to go for jogs or hikes or like, my favorite is when he has a, a double kayak. We haven't done mm. this for a while, but this is my ask. Can you please go on a date out in your double kayak? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think good... one of the fun things, we've actually had a couple of um, dates the past couple of weeks, which was really great. Our parents were generous enough to give us like a night date, which was like so great. Mm. And um, I love that we get to have adventures together. Um, you know, like so much of our lives together is mired in work and childcare and solving the problems and making the plans like he was saying mm -hmm. but and then we have adventures as families with our kids but it's just was great to re be able to retell our story and re-experience each other as we are mm -hmm. even as we're walking around and thinking about this thing or that thing and we don't have the pressure of having to manage a household mm -hmm. and you know just experiencing life together again 
I was going to confess my jealousy, Rachel, that you are blessed to have built-in babysitting in the form of our magnificent parents in your hometown who can offer periodically longer moments of your connection, which are really amazing. And then of you who are listening or watching right now, if you have such quote-unquote built-in babysitting, take advantage of it and thank God for it and definitely avail to it. Elmore's, your thoughts, perspective on dating your spouse. Um, it's definitely something we need to work on. Um, and that actually kind of got revealed to us during that whole shutdown. We, we, got, we usually work together, but we actually were separated. And we found that all our dates were actually taken away. The mm. drive to work, our lunches, that we didn't know were dates and we were just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, we even had like, what we'll do sometimes is we have continuing ed conferences we have to go to. And so we had a couple of those that were out of town overnight. They were like, okay, we'll go to a nice dinner after the seminar, you know, we had a quiet time without the kids and those were canceled. So we, we find that we put a lot of them around our work schedule and just being together. And so we really need to work on outside of that, yes. for mm -hmm. sure. But we found that when we're good, our kids are good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we really were happy to be back to work again to celebrate our lunches. And um, and so I guess that's our biggest advice is find the little date. Like we find little dates. We don't set up a huge dinner and then we'll go to a movie. Like right. um, we, find, we find dates in little moments. Um, and another suggestion which I need to work on is not to feel guilty. Mm. It takes me a good hour plus to let go of what might be going on at home. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make me real present to this mm -hmm. big guy here, so. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are great words of wisdom, especially with families with younger kids, mm -hmm. you know, um, <laughs> when they're still all in that lower age grouping, if you will. Greg and I would joke that our dates were walking out to the mailbox together. You know, we get excited <laughs> yeah. about that. And it's our... not pass for a date, by the way. It's just a joke. Well, it, but you gotta, you gotta <laughs> just embrace Every it moment when you where can. We can get two sentences out of a story right. in and one even, sitting versus one. Even now with older kids, you know, Greg is very good at like, let's just do it. You know, inside the block walk real quick and connect. And um, yeah. so those things absolutely important. Um, someone gave us the advice once many moons ago about, they called it um, wine at nine. So it doesn't need to be wine, but you know, once the kids the right are, kind of wine. are tucked in again with littler kids, but as our kids got older too, they just, they needed to respect the space that Greg mm -hmm. and I, you know, needed. Um, so it was kind of making sure, you know, you're meeting up on the couch at nine o'clock with whatever beverage or no beverage, but just that deliberate, mm. you know, connect time. And so important, whether it's in the house like that or outside of the house, um, you know, a more planned date with dinner and whatever, or a walk or however it lands, but just the witness that that gives to our kids. You know, I love mm -hmm. Rachel that you said it's, you know, it, if we're good, our kids are good, you know, and that's so true because they find such security, even though they're not able to put words on it, but such, such security and um, uh, peace, if you will, knowing that this foundation of them is in the right place. And so that's so yeah. important. And, and I think everybody needs to work on it to some degree, you know, and it is that, especially with the younger kids at home, when you do 
go out just letting that go and being present because it is, I think, harder for a mom sometimes to completely release that and know that they're good and um, just to see it as the gift that it is and, and needed, a needed gift. One of my favorite gifts, Stephanie, that I gave you I don't know if you would regard it as one of your favorite gifts, but you should, was <laughs> yes, a number of years ago for Christmas, maybe your birthday, it was a gift certificate for six weeks. Maybe seven. Not, seven, seven weeks, okay, I don't know if it was an in a row thing for seven lunches. Mm -hmm. And so it was basically a commitment, and I think we did it weekly. I think mm -hmm. we made an appointment on a weekly basis. And I'll say you don't know how I valuable it is until in. you start doing it. You don't know how valuable until you contrast, wow, we've done this like two, three weeks, and there's something rejuvenating. And I'll say, let me just say this, the enemy doesn't want this to happen. The enemy wants us to get caught up in rote. Doesn't matter if we are prayerful and go to mass and do other rote things together. The enemy doesn't want us to make time, sacred time, where we are as much as possible, fully present to one another, able to, in your words, Rachel, understand one another, seek to understand what's going on in my spouse's heart. What are their challenges? What are they dealing with? Am I asking those sorts of questions? Am I interested in those sorts of questions? Because they make us better. Those sorts of things are really the content, I think, of a good date, where we can be empathetic and not about work. That's a challenge because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. of course, we run this nonprofit and it's constant. And Steph will tell you, no work about I have to put conversation down about work, which is very, because <laughs> it's my dates. heart, it's my life, I'm, I'm not passionate. not going to talk about this. Very this. tough to do that. But, <laughs> but to really go deeper and be attuned to the soul of another. You know, how are you doing? What are some emotional challenges you've had? You know, what are ways that I can be more attentive? Those sorts of things can open up doors, I think, to uh, foster just, I don't know, the better version of ourselves, the best friend quality that a spouse is supposed to have. Any thoughts I, as we land here? I, Please. I want to interject a, a practical, helpful ideas. A couple, we know um, they make a point to go out on the dates every day of the month that uh, is the anniversary of their wedding. So oh, that's a great idea. Team. So they make a point to go out and do something special at least, or, you know, spend, to, to set aside that, that evening, that day. That's great. Uh, to do something together. So that's that's a, a good way to renew that mm -hmm. marriage commitment and uh, and uh, have a something to look forward to, you know, and, and a way that it's not lost amongst the hustle mm -hmm. and bustle. That's great. So I'm going to challenge everybody listening and watching right now at ilovemyfamily.us on the journey to eternity of more fully encountering God life. He wants to give us the gift of himself, this passion that we have in our hearts, which will be fulfilled, satisfied by nothing else. It's for him in a life, particularly in our marriages. That's why. That's why I'm going to suggest this and hopefully you will all take us up on it. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment next month to have a meaningful date, a couple hours minimum with your spouse that you are going to plan and commit to it. I'm going to circle back with you, Elmores and Beaties, and you hold us accountable to this also. So for us, June 21st, we just had our 23rd wedding anniversary. So it'll be the first month into it, July stuff. We're going to find a time around July 21st where we're going to go on a meaningful date. Do you guys promise <laughs> you're going to do it? Pinky promise? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Folks, so blessed to have you along the road trip with us here, the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're around in the corner on episode five of season five. You can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. Just receive the grace being outpoured. Whatever struggles you're experiencing, the Lord knows there's enough bad news surrounding us. There's enough to drag us down. There's enough to make us feel captive. There's enough to make us, I don't know, feel like God is not part of our world. And 
he's just inviting us to make that time, mm -hmm. to put the flag in the sand, make the time, certainly personally in prayer, but with our spouse, with our family, to do this. Just do it. Set aside everything else. Pick a time this coming week and just do the one-page Livic Gathering Guide. If you go no further than the family fun questions, and you can really focus and get the gadgets, devices out of the way, trust me, You'll experience grace flowing. You'll experience streams of living water flowing in a way they never have before. So make that commitment. Just do it. Trust me on this. So blessed to have you with us. God bless you. Until next time. <laughs>